Hey, how's it going? This is Billy. And I'm Jen. You're listening to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Cheers, babe. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Oh, the wedding bells. Is it wedding bells? All ringing. Merry bells? It's merry bells. Happy holidays. Merry bells? It's not wedding. I know that. Merry like merry and bright. What's Oh, you know, that's one of my favorite sayings for the Christmas season is all is calm, all is bright. All is calm. All is bright. What was the show we were watching last night, babe? Okay, this the is two hard. little British, uh, two little um, English girls from London. The cutest. It's the holiday, right? Babe. Jude Law's daughters in the movie, the actresses, when the little were- girls. Oh my God. They're cute little. English accents, like maybe tear up a little bit. Like it's the cutest thing on the planet. That's what angels will talk like. You didn't tear up a little bit. You were tearing up the whole time. Um, when you so. holiday, you got to watch it. Wait, but I have to just go back to something so. really quick. When you were singing in that high pitched holiday voice, was it high pitched? It reminded me of when you were a part of a boys choir when you were like eight <laughs> years old, ten years old. Could you sing us a song? Impossible. In that voice, you realize my voice had not my voice had not dropped yet. I like I had not changed. Didn't you travel the world in a boys choir? We didn't travel the world. We traveled the United States a little bit. It was called the Metro. It was called, is it Mary Bells? Yes. Yeah. I had to know. Thanks for doing your job, Vic. Sounds yeah. Um, It was the Metropolitan's Choir for Boys and Men. And I was in it for, you had to audition for Could it. Could you at least demonstrate what you did? We sang in New York once. What are the songs that you sang? It's all Latin and like. I want to do choir if I sing in New York. Yeah, it was kind of, but it is weird, man. It's like all classical. It's like. And I was soprano. So I was like, How did you get, why? How did you get, how did you get into this? This I had a girl voice. I was a little boy with the highest voice. I don't think I've ever asked your mother, like, what, what, why choir? Why boys choir? I don't know. I remember. I'm sure she thought college. Yeah. That's why I played the French horn. It's like it's a thing you did in Chicago, I guess. I don't know. It's just it's just another culture. I was only in it for a year. And your parents let you travel, like you all by yourself? Yeah, that's sketch. Nothing ever happened. I'm surprised, but yeah. No. Yeah, right. Yeah. Boys choir. I mean, yeah, traveling. yeah. Boys and men choir. The Metropolitan Choir of Boys and Men. We were with grown men. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? Yeah, like fifty boys and like thirty men. We just traveled. I mean, I actually didn't do that much traveling. I mean, I think, no, it sounds terrible. Yeah. In these days and age, I mean, uh, it's kind of the same thing as when I wanted to put Judah into tap dancing is like you going into the boys choir. I mean, put Judah in in ballet. No tap tap. No, come on. Which I was totally down for. I was like, he just has to do sports too. You actually weren't. We, we we actually had a moment about that. I was like, well, tap is cool. Like, it's a cool well, thing. Well, certain family members no, wanted not. my son, if they had had their way, they'd have raised my son doing crafts <laughs> and tiptoeing on his tiptoes, no. tap dancing. That's how they would have raised him. No, I was like, well, I'm down true. for the dance and the crafts, but let's throw some sports in there, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, can we, could we maybe do that? Now my son um, dominates digitally in the sports arena. <laughs> <laughs> digitally? <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> I just really want you to True sing story. in your boy voice. True story. Really bad. Holy is calm. Holy is bright. <laughs> I can't do it. I'll never be able to get as high as I did. Hey, okay, so happy holidays officially from us at Coffee Talk Studios. Halloween for us is the beginning, always has been in our family, the beginning of Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it's like we start playing Christmas music. And this Halloween, this Sunday, 
this last Sunday, it was the most beautiful fall day. A bunch of yeah. us went to a pumpkin farm and we ate was. deep fried donuts and drank coffee and the kids ran around in the mud and people took hay rides and it was it was awesome. But I mean, we played Christmas music. I oh god, I come alive in this season. I love it. You truly do, babe. So now we have a countdown to Thanksgiving, which is just three weeks away, by the way. Four weeks. We went Christmas shopping what last week and more you like bought three this, weeks. You bought this um old-fashioned red truck with elves sitting in the back of it. A Christmas and truck. you with literally Christmas were like tree. a kid with... With a Christmas tree in the elves. <laughs> yeah. It's You're time. You're like a kid at Christmas. You were so excited. It's time to go to war. We're in it. We're going to start... My brother and my sister and brother-in-law on Halloween night decorated their entire house for, with Christmas decorations. Put up the tree. Uh, that's a little soon. I love it. Go that's for it. That's a little it. soon. Hey, you can't say soon. Everybody does what they want and let them celebrate how they want to celebrate. Well, it's a little quick, but I mean... No, you can't say that. <laughs> uh, where are we... When are we starting our Christmas decorations? Well, this I used to be adamant about after Thanksgiving, but now I, I discovered the beauty of doing it, decorating right before Thanksgiving, because then right after Thanksgiving, all the family's here, you know, it's a big hurrah, it's a lot of mess. I, I don't have to, like, clean that up Thanksgiving and then do all of this setup for de- for Christmas. So it's like, if I get it so done... So for you, it's very practical. Well, it, it just makes the flow. It's so funny, though. That it, how I'm yes. Pro- like, the way you do things, it's traditions, is a practical thing. For me, it's all a feel. Oh, come on. Holy but you love... Come, but there's something really... Holy is bright. <laughs> Can't get a word in here. Can't get a word. <laughs> there's something really romantic about, like, Thanksgiving is over and, you know, everything is done for the day and you're sitting in your living room and the Christmas tree's in the corner. And the fire's cracking. And the fire's cracking and, and music is playing. <laughs> It, it's, it's just beautiful. So, so now you're a, going to the feel so of it before all. Before Thanksgiving, we set up. For so Christmas. you go, you do the practical, so that you can experience the yes. feel. And then after, I have the whole entire month to enjoy all well, of the and Christmas. Th- and Thanksgiving, we're going to be out of town anyway. So yeah. So when I get back, it all you be want, done. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not like we, you know we'll be we'll be we'll be sitting at another. Let's bar- talk about the people. Place. No, no judgment here, the but people. we do need to have a conversation. Well, when you start with the people, I know, right? We're already, already. Let's in talk that. about the people who leave the Christmas decorations up and. Until like February, those people, like, like help me people understand the the. the it's the one of two things, in the, my opinion. I'm the not a process fan of it. around that. I would say it's either they can't let go of the Christmas spirit and they want it to stay, or lazy. It might be the <laughs> or second busy, half, or busy, so busy that they can't get it done. But I'm just like, it's not okay. I. Oh, you know, you're driving in July and they got the Christmas lights well, hanging. Well, that's just, you know? that's just, that's a crime against humanity. But <laughs> February to me is too long. I understand. We, I like to leave our stuff up to New Year's, but you you try and get it down before then. I like to have the lights out during New Year's. We always leave right the Right after lights. New Year's then. Yeah. Once January hits, it's like it's a new year. I'm moving on, man. Yeah. What we do is we kind of go from like moment to moment. So once January hits, we're thinking our anniversary, which comes in March. And then after our anniversary, we're thinking summer vacation. It's kind of our. That's kind of our way we go. Yeah, I don't know, I'm it's, it's the way we go. And then once summer vacation's over, we're literally thinking holidays, uh-huh. which we have just arrived on. Holiday, holidays. Yes. Uh, I think the sound chick sent me the Thanksgiving menu back on vacation. I was like, I didn't even open that. I was like, that is too soon. I do not even want to process. You can't decide what's too soon. No, me. that's July, that's truth, my man. friend. While I'm on the beach, I'm not. Literally, I'm not truth. wanting that's to look Thanksgiving at a Thanksgiving truth. menu. Come on, loves. <laughs> Let's just figure this out. You can't tell me what Anyways, the truth is. Yeah. The whole process is is is. Fun. All I know is I'm going to buy peanut oil 
sometime this month, probably in the next week or so, yes. for the deep fried turkey. Oh, it's the best. <clears throat> oh, man. Holy Talking about practical, that is super practical. I, I found out two years ago that you, you what is it called, broiling? No, frying? Deep frying. Deep frying a turkey uh, opens the, the stove, the oven up, you it know, in the like kitchen. So yes. now I can put all the other dishes in the oven and everything comes out at the same time hot. I will deep fry a 16 pound turkey. I do two. This is the, but let Each me just go one back is to the done practical piece in of less this. than 40 minutes. The practical piece of this is that I can do the sweet potato casserole, the mac and cheese, whatever you do. I thought you just do. said that. Yeah, but this is a nice thing. I used to have to do the turkey, pull the turkey out. I thought you just said that. Turkey is cool, and then I have to do all <laughs> the side Ren, dishes. This, this has been a, a literally a game changer for Thanksgiving. So, friends, I think you keep repeating yourself. Friends, get a deep fryer. Get a deep fryer, and then everything comes out hot. Also, don't blow anything up. Oh yeah, the deep fryer, you could die. Yeah. And I love that. I love the danger of it all. It's like Thanksgiving becomes an adventure. Me and the boys get around. We 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 tempt fate. <laughs> but yeah, it's awesome. Anywho, skis. Well, welcome to Coffee Talk. We are in the middle of fall. I'm sitting in Coffee Talk Studios looking out the window. The leaves are bright yellow and orange. Not really. Oh, it's yeah, really it's right. really becoming winter now. This it's true. You can't see it. This half tree leaves on, half leaves yeah, off. You know, we're in that moment. We're in that space between fall and winter. Uh-huh. That's really where we are. Do you know that this Sunday is Daylight Savings? Oh. Yeah, we're there. That's a, that's a good tip. I think listeners. daylight savings actually, for me, I know it's not the official start of winter. Winter's actually in December. But for me, daylight savings feels like winter's well, it hit. Because so it starts to get so dark so soon around Especially here. Especially in the but, Northwest. So we have this week of like, it's the in-between season. It's nice. It's nice. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Wait, it's so nice. It's darker at night? Yes. Lighter? It gets darker like yeah. 4.30. And in the morning. No, lighter. No, yeah, for a moment, but then it's going to get dark again. It's like we woke dark. up. To, I woke up today at 6.30. It's pitch black. 7.30, yeah. it was still dark. Yeah, it's cloudy here anyways, but all right, well, here's what we're going to do today. What we're going to do today. I was, I was thinking back, babe, on um, the, when we started this podcast, which seems like 10 years ago, but it's only three years it's ago. It's only been like three years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Just it's do like, it. It's like Mara. a- Just take your shirt it's off and do it. <laughs> it's like a strained English accent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what accent you're doing, but-, um, but we, if, Somebody in our family needs to marry someone from London, England. Oh, like, okay, Vicky, you're down. One of our kids needs to marry somebody. Why? That way we have like the accent for real. Um, no, I'm already, I feel bad for them. We can literally learn how to talk no. this way. No. Learn to talk? Learn. You could just watch like <laughs> little women or, so, or such. L- little women. You could just turn back and watch the holiday and holiday. just listen to those two little girls talk like this. Daddy, the entire time, Daddy. Like the three musketeers. Daddy, will I have a proper piece of tea? Do piece want- of tea, I don't know. <laughs> um Spot. A spot of tea, would you? Now I'm getting like that. I, you go from English to like, you always like dirty turn Irish, man. A spot of tea. <laughs> I can do that one better. I can do the dirty English like, would you like a spot of tea? <laughs> so intense. <laughs> so harsh. Um, what are we okay, getting into, I was darling? thinking back to when we started the podcast three yes. years ago-ish. Ish. And the whole point was um, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Honest conversations with each other. And I noticed something the other day. Um, um, I read this meme. Okay, I'm going to read it to you because it's funny. It got me going. It said this. It said, keeping myself sharp regularly, asking myself tough questions like, what happened yesterday? What was I planning to do just now? <laughs> you can barely finish it without laughing. 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 That's big. That's big. That's big. motto. I try to keep myself sharp by asking myself some tough questions like, what was I planning to do just now? 
<laughs> you still can't say it without laughing. You can't it's funny. barely hear what you're no, saying. It's funny. Try to say it, the whole sentence without <laughs> trying. Okay. Try it one more time. Just get the you, whole you don't get it. You didn't get the joke. Yes, I get it. Get no, the whole thing it. out though before you laugh. I'm keeping myself sharp by regularly asking myself tough questions like, "What happened yesterday?" And don't 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 seek. <laughs> what was I planning on doing just now? <laughs> Still. It's impossible to read without laughing. You couldn't do stand-up, man. You would just blow the, the punchline. Okay, I kind of do low-key do stand-up every week to a degree oh, okay. for about five minutes. Um, anyway. You just like coughed in the mic. You do this, you do this like clear your throat thing right in the mic. What else am I doing wrong? <laughs> like it's super loud in my ears. Why don't you just take your shirt off? Okay. So I was thinking about this the other day. We do this a lot, and I don't think it's bad. We we kind of ask ourselves why we, we revisit. Like I, I was saying to you the other day we were at breakfast. I was like, why are, why are we doing that? <laughs> and you're like, because that's what we decided we were going to do. And I'm like, yeah, but why? You know what I'm saying? And I actually do think there is a, there's a place. Sometimes I get annoyed by the why questions. Like, why? 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 Like a kid. It's like, why? But why? But why? Like Calvin Hobbes, that little comic where the kid's like, dad, where does the rain come from? And he's like, it's God. He's crying. And Calvin goes, why? And his dad goes, probably because something you did. <laughs> Great dad moment. Um, I so the question why can sometimes be annoying, and sometimes I think we put it away. But I do think there's something to keep ourselves sharp and kind of. And I think we've been pretty good at this, especially in the last I don't know three or four years, probably maybe five years for me. I started asking myself some serious why questions about five years ago, professionally. Like why am I here? <laughs> like why did I, why? Because I think things change, people change, we change, and so the question why, what worked. A year ago, three years ago, what you were doing that was a good idea two months ago. I mean, you can't, there's a balance to this, but I think there is something about saying sharp. Just because sometimes I'll ask, why are we doing this? I mean, we were just having a staffing the other day, and I think I said, why, why do we do this? And then Vic answered real quick, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And so sometimes it solidifies like, yeah, that's right. That's why right. we're doing this. This makes sense. We're still on track. And sometimes you have to have courageous enough when you ask a why question, like why, um, to be like, yeah, good question. Because maybe it needs to change or maybe we need to change. So I think sometimes we avoid those questions because they're hard to answer or we don't have an answer. Are you like me? Like if someone texts me a question and I don't I don't know the answer, it's the worst thing for me because I wish they would put Marcus on read in text messages. I wish that would be an update because I'll read it and I'm like, I can't answer because I don't, I don't know what to say at this point. And I want to brush them off. I also don't want to say something and commit to something that I can't. So... I'm like, I'm going to get back to it. And so, and then I forget and a week totally. goes by and they're like, did you ever get my text? I'm like, oh, what? I, no, D- what? you text me? You know, and you act like you don't know. Um, or you open it and just gets forgotten. I start giving myself gets- calendar reminders, like respond <laughs> totally. to that text. I literally, I have a calendar, like respond to so-and-so's text. Because you need a moment sometimes. It's like, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I can't fully answer. Also, you the other day, this is random thought. I was thinking like, when did we start, like when someone texts you, like on the other end, we think that they have to respond immediately. Like I've actually like in the last like couple months, I've realized I actually don't have to respond even the same day. Now, obviously it was about meeting up, you know, for a date or, you know, a coffee, something, but it's like, I've had so much pressure on myself to have to respond, you know, like within the hour. And I just think like we have to kind of like maybe let that expectation fall to the wayside. What do you think about that? Like, why I don't know, man. It's a huge demand. Yeah, I agree. That's huge pressure. I yeah, I have people in my world for sure. Like, if I don't respond instantly, I'm pretty quick at responding though. So I think you said because if pattern. you don't respond, then the other people on the other end think something's wrong. Right, right. Sometimes Which I, is not my, the truth. sometimes my response is, hey, um, let me think about this to get back to you. Or, hey, I can't. 
I can't talk right now, but I'm, I'm going to get back to you. But then I have to go through and like put it in my calendar because I actually if you won't. Open I'll forget. The text. Yeah, I'll forget. Totally. So it's a lot of work. Totally. We've made a lot of work for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you could only mark it on. Yeah. Remember when like we were like, it's so much work like to walk down the street and have a conversation. And now we're complaining because we have to text with our thumbs. Totally. <laughs> so much work, man. Totally. So much work. I have to use my thumbs and all. Um, Anyways, babe, so I I I thought this week and next, kind of starting off the holiday season, Ooh, we could we I'm could excited. ask, we could revisit and ask each, ask each other some serious why questions, not just random why questions. Like, why do you like to wear hoodies? No, I'm not talking about that. Like some serious like why questions. Like, why boom. And you know me better than anyone and I know you better than anyone. And so you kind of came up with. We talked about this last night. So you kind of came up with a list. I, I'm guessing, right? Yes, you do your I homework, got a good right? one. It's you came up with topics, a list, you know, of some serious why questions you're going to ask going. me. Serious why questions, like qu- maybe questions that I probably wouldn't I, talk about. I have on them. Here. I'm just waiting for me to. I'm just waiting to, to answer or ask. Well, them. I'm, I'm setting. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to. to I'm setting the them up. I'm setting <laughs> it up. Well said. Why are you in such a rush? Um, and then I will come up with some serious why questions. To ask you next week. I love it. Okay, my setup is done. You, okay, you may commence. I got, I got one you because sometimes commence. I want to talk about this topic, and then you're you're always give me the like, don't talk about it. Okay, I want to know why you don't talk about politics. Mm. That's a serious why question. There's probably people asking the same question. Yeah. Maybe not because we don't talk about politics in this podcast, and I what? say from the stage often. Sometimes I bring up the mask situation going. We don't talk. On. We don't talk about politics. Sometimes I want to, but it turned into politics. Okay, I I, I was I'll answer that. I will t- I will break the rule of talking about politics. Answer the question, why? You're breaking the rules? I don't talk about politics. I love breaking um, rules. I can't stand the disingenuous. What a, uh, give, disingenuous. Me, give me a connection. Authenticity is a core value for my life. You and I were doing core values uh, a year ago or something like that. And my top three without question, maybe my first one, is authenticity. Just be a genuine person. And um, with politics, in my opinion... There's always an agenda. Always. They're always trying to work an angle. Politics, politicians, and I'm not saying all politicians are bad, because they're not. They're always trying to get something from you. They're always trying to work an angle. And so I I just I have this aversion to politics. And I know it's important. And I have people in my world that are very involved in it and they keep me informed as much as I need to be informed. Um, I'm not a politician and I understand that some people disagree with me and that's the beauty about having our own opinions, right? You can have your opinion and I can have my opinion. And in my opinion, um, any conversation I've ever had politically with family, friends, um, my grandfather who I respected, respect super highly, he's gone on to be with the Lord. Um, he, he wrote a whole book on all the presidents of the United States. He was in the war. He was, he was a staunch Democrat. So growing up, I wouldn't have been Democrat. I probably, I would have been Republic growing up because Republican because we were a church. I don't know what I am today. I it, literally, I would not sign up behind Republican or Democrat or whatever. I am, I'm simply Billy Huffman and I live in America and God bless America. You know, that's kind of where I stand at these yeah. days. Yeah. I, and you are like, why won't you say it? Because I don't talk about politics. Um, but it never ended well. I remember my dad, my grandfather, you know, going off on me about, you know, why so and so presidents are so bad and this and that. And I just, I just, there's an agenda behind political talk. It's disingenuous at its core, in my opinion. Politi- political okay, game. So let me ask you this. So I just have an aversion. When will you, is there any space that you would talk like? Unless someone honestly comes and you know they're they're trying to, based off of what the Bible says, and then our political, 
you know, people who are running for office, like how, how does that align? There's a lot of questions around that. A lot of people want direction or want wisdom. When, it, when would you talk about it? Would it be like in a one-on-one conversation? Um, I don't even do it one-on-one. My mom wants to talk about politics a lot. And I'm like, mom, I don't want to talk about it. Um, I'll, I, can, I can give people like wisdom from the Bible without talking about politics. I don't feel it's a job of, okay, I'm a pastor. One of the things I do as a pastor, it's not all I am, but I don't give people pastoral advice on who to vote for. Uh, never. I, it's, not, it's not my place. I can tell them what the Bible says. I can talk about, you know, truths that we find in scripture and I can just talk about human, you know, human decency, but I just, I don't, I don't, I think politi- politics has an agenda. I hate politics. I hate politics in the church. We've started a church and there's very little political, um, things that go on. I just refuse to let it happen. But you, but I also think some people would, would assume, which is kind of not the best thing, but they would say, well, if you don't talk about politics, then, then do you, do you believe in like godly people in, in the, you know, Absolutely. Office? Need them. Absolutely. Believe I, I love, there's some politicians I know that are just doing great, great <clears throat> things for God and, and for, and for people. And they're actually using their office to help people, which is what it's for. So I'm sure, but there's at the end, okay, but at the end of the day, would there's you ever such a, run for never. any like Never. Political? Never. Because I hate the system. Yeah. I hate, I hate, I'm not talking about like, oh, you hate our, you hate our democracy, our democratic system, or you hate our, this democracy. No, no, no. I hate the system of politics. I hate the political game. I hate it. And so, no, I would never be a part of it. But I support those who do and are, have good things. And I, you know, and personally, I'd encourage them. And, but yeah. Ask me if we'll ever have a politician share from our stage. Never. It's not the place. It's not the place. It's not the place. Anyways, can we move on? I'm yes, tired, talk, okay. Okay, tired I, of talking about politics. Question. Why do we talk about sex so much? You know I wanted to bring this oh, one up. Oh, yeah. You wanted to bring it up so you could talk about it. I kind of uh, wanted to ask that first, but... Why not? That's so Seriously. Good. Like, why not? There isn't, isn't it weird how some people get so like, I, I don't like that you talk about sex openly. Yet, culture, mainstream, Hollywood, it glorifies media, yes. and glamorizes like the one night stand. Oh man, like like they found such joy and happiness in the one night stand. The truth of it is not true, not true, and so and they they have no problem. They don't they actually Hollywood and has no has no problem glamorizing like unfaithfulness in marriage. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like I mean, in the pain, and I've seen firsthand, not firsthand, but I've seen you know close friends and family like go through the pain well, of, of that kind of yeah, yeah. I'm not not between you and me, um, but you, people who are close to us in the pain right. of it, and so. Um, our experience in marriage, although we've, we've been through hell and heaven and back, um, sex has been awesome. So why not celebrate that? I just, and you know. And like, normalize and there's that no there's no baggage or guilt. Why well, wouldn't we talk about it? Married couples should, I think, should be the ones who celebrate, talk about it openly, and not embarrassed to have yeah, those conversations. Dis- and there's also discretion. Totally. Yeah. But like, even if it comes up in a conversation, and not obviously intimate things about you and your spouse, but like just the no, idea of weird. sex. I don't, you know, I remember women not even talking about it, period. And when I would bring it up, they would just be like, wait, you you talk like about... Every time we have a friend who has an anniversary, you always text, happy sex day. Because it is. <laughs> it's happy sex day. I thought every day was happy sex day. Well, yeah, that too. But but on your anniversary. Yeah. Okay, why, okay. So my answer to that question is why not? Okay. Why, um, why are you a pastor? Because you could be anything else, you or I, I know you do other things. You just you just reference it. Like I, I didn't I'm not, choose this life. This life chose me. <laughs> but, you, but you could have done. I mean, you went to business school, so I think you were originally thinking early on that you were going to go like the whole. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember you telling me was it was it you wanted to be in like where you, 
stock the whole, what's it called? Stock market. Start mo- stock market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were thinking that in the beginning. Which now I fulfill that through my trading of Ethereum and Dogecoin. And Doge. Yeah. I'm in the crypto stock market. Um, Show me the money, baby. It took me 40 years probably to realize that, um, to, to, it took me until I was 40, about 25 years of being a pastor to realize that I'm graced to be a pastor. So I, in some ways, you know, when I'm like, I think this life chose me. And I'm not only a pastor, and we've talked about that before. I won't get into it. I do think there's an assault on what a pastor is these days. Mm. I think there's an assault on it. Culturally, socially speaking, um, it kind of breaks my heart sometimes to see what people think a pastor is. Um, I'm writing a book. God knows when that book will come out, and I don't even really care. But one of the chapters is called Inglorious Pastors. And it kind of it kind of opens up on this thought of what essentially what a pastor is not, but what what society has painted a pastor to be. And so I think there's something to me. If you ask me why why now am I still a pastor when we have a lot of other things we could do, and I don't have to be a pastor, um, I think it's something that I'm called to be, and I, I have a real real passion. I think now and today, especially at 45, to kind of like do it right. And there's a lot that are doing it right. There's so many that are doing it wrong and are abusing their power. I think pastoring is um, is serving people, and I think service is a sign of strength, not of weakness. Yeah. I think it's being present in people's lives. I can't be present in everyone's life, but I can be present in someone's life. Um, I think it's caring for people and not caring so much about what I'm getting out of it, but caring what I can help other people do. It sounds so selfless, but I mean, it is, yeah. it is being a pastor, in fact. <clears throat> I think it's living authentically, not perfectly. I don't live a perfect life. If you hang out with me or we're friends, you realize that I make mistakes just like you do. We all do. But it's being authentic and owning that and doing your best. Um, There's a real need for it in society today. And I'm grateful for the few men and women that are doing it well. And and it's sad to say because, in my opinion, the majority of men and women in that profession are jaded. And yeah. they're, either, they're either super burned out or they're super selfish and self-absorbed. It's amazing to me. We were talking to one of our counselor friends. They said one of the highest levels of narcissism is found in pastors, wow. especially lead pastors. And it's kind of maybe not they were born in like that way or, you know, at a year early age. But as the years went by, they would lean into that kind of Well, they kind of create these worlds that just center around Everything them. Everything revolves and it's, around. And what's hard for it is if you have a proclivity towards that anyways – People kind of put you in that place. Oh, the accolade, the man, praise. a woman of God. And pastoring, yeah. in, I think for the culture, the younger generation, they, they would think like pastoring is being on a stage and communicating. Oh, yeah. And, wearing, like, and wearing designer clothes and like, hanging out with celebrities. It's turning. So what's happened is the inglorious pastors have turned it into um, uh, like a rock star thing. Like you could be a rock of, star for Jesus, essentially. Mm-hmm. And. It's just, um, it's BS, man. Which is kind of, that kind of mentality has kind of crumbled um, down um, and it's broken down over the last, what, year and a half based off of so many celebrity pastors. Oh, yeah, people are getting found out. Yeah. Um, That's actually not what it's supposed to be anyway, so. Okay, I got a question. Why does family matter so much to you? Which I love that, by the way, but but you, I think that trumps everything. And I think people who get to know you realize how incredibly that's probably the first priority of your life. Because we're in the mafia. (laughs) Um, um, We only get so many people in this life, and they Mm -hmm. matter. And I think family, I I was raised that way, I guess. And I think, you know, friends, we've lost a lot of friends along the way. Um, Some of it was our fault. Some of it was no one's fault. Some of it was their fault. The hardest part is when friends actually become like enemies, right? How hard is that? 
Like that's the worst. Uh, with family, that's harder to have happen because you're family. And there's this cultural societal thing. And I think it's actually probably a, a spiritual thing, but it's like, even, I've had fallouts with my family. I don't think though, if just because we've not close with certain friends, they're come become our enemy. No, no, like, I know, I, I know. I said some can. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, no. I'm saying you're like, not talking about our friends. No, no. I'm saying like the hard. Well, we've had that. I mean, I've I've had friends that I was so I close with that now, like, like enemy, if I see them, I, don't think I literally is. would be like, turn the other way, like don't want to talk to them. Yeah, but I don't think that makes an enemy. I just think that's called pain and hurt. Well, that would be an enemy for me. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, don't, have, I, I don't know if I have anyone that I like yeah. literally want to punch I think you're in describing the, the pain of relational yeah. Wrong word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Total okay, wrong yeah. word. But, you know, some... <laughs> I mean, it is. I just had to like make, make a statement because... Yeah, I actually don't feel when, like I have any enemies. When you're hurt by someone who's close, it feels like an enemy, but it's, what it is is just hurt. It's pain. It's not that I... An enemy is like someone who like could want to kill your family member. Like, okay, you know yeah. I mean? That to me well, is like okay. I'm talking enemy. not medieval times, but how can I describe? Let me ask you this: like someone who lives in such a way that, in my opinion, hurts other people, and I would never do what they do, and that to me is like that would be the closest I get to an enemy. It's like, dude, I could never stand for what you stand for. I hate how you hurt people. I hate the way you live your life. I think it's wrong. I think it's evil. Like that to me would be as close as it gets to being an enemy. So I would never attack that person and come after that person and be like, I'm going to, but I would just be like, yeah, not interested in like being in the same room. I once had someone text me a while back who a long time ago, who was a friend who's no longer a friend by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of changing went on and I wanted to respond and I didn't. I was like, um, they said something like thinking about you and I wanted to respond, not thinking about you. I don't keep company with people like you. <laughs> I didn't say that, but that would be as close as I get to like an enemy. So I know it's not an enemy. Yeah. I We're think, getting caught up on vernacular. Oh, but totally. But I think, well, it is. I think it is important because I don't, I think, because that's out of, of relational hurt. I don't think it's enemy. I honestly, the only enemy we have is the true enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would think that it would be because we don't maybe walk the same and believe the same thing and treat people the same way that we've, we've, you've made a decision to kind of bring a separation because yeah. of that. So I don't know if that's enemy. I think that's, that's because people have chosen just their go path. your separate ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's not enemy. I'm just saying it's the closer we get to it. Okay. Here's one of the reasons I love family. Um, I think there's a bond in family that you can't, that ca- it can be broken. Cause I've had fallouts with family members. I have a big family. I've had family members I hadn't talked to for years and vice versa. And then we, we've reconciled. There's a bond there that keeps going. And I would say this, um, I think with family, it, for me, in quarantine kind of did this too, it's like, who's still in the room? I know I know people have left or I know maybe things have changed, but who's still in the room? Okay, I'm a pastor. We talked about this. So think about, remember when, if you know anything about scripture, Judas, if you've ever heard any type of thing, like Judas betrayed Jesus and Judas was one of Jesus's closest friends. There were 12 of them and Judas betrayed him. And on the night that Judas betrayed Jesus, here's how it went down. If you want to just hear a little Bible story real quick. Jesus is chilling with his 12 closest friends. They're having dinner. They're eating pita and hummus. And he's about to do this amazing thing. And he looks to Judas and he's like, you're going to betray me. And Judas goes, you think I am? And he goes, I know I am. And he's, he says, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, go do it, friend. And Judas gets up and leaves. This is one of Jesus' closest friends on the planet. And Jesus turns to the other 11 disciples and he says, grab a glass, grab some pita. And he does this thing called the Last Supper and he enjoys the whole night. And that's as much, that's mm-hmm. as much virtue as he spends on the person who left the room. He didn't even get mad at him. He called him friend. He's like, go what you have to go do what you have to do, friend. And then he turns to the people that are still in the room. To me, that is a huge picture of family. Family, and sometimes it's by blood, and sometimes it's just relationships. Right, it could right. be friends. 
to me, family is who's still in the room. Focus on that. Who's still in your path? That's so important. And we waste so much time on who's not or who we want to be in the room, who's not in the room. Like we try to get into certain social circles or we want, if I could just be a part of this crew, like, okay, you're looking on social media and you're looking at this crew and this crew and this crew. You're like, man, if I could just get an in and I could be a part of that crew, I'm telling you, stop wasting mm-hmm. so much time on where you're not. Who's in the room right now? To me, that's family. Love the people right in front of you. Yeah, and that's super, super important. So That's really good. All right, you got okay. any more? Yeah, I've got one. Let's Why go do you think how we do is just as important as what we do. Yeah, I love this. Because it's always, Great we question. always say it's it's the how, not not the mm-hmm. what. Because I've lived in the dysfunction of, of the how. And it's the anthem of my 40s, for sure. How we do is sometimes even more important than what we do. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I ultimately believe what good is it if you get to where you're going, but lose who you are along the way? What's the point? And how we do. And so what, so many times we we justify doing things terribly and toxic. Like we, we the, our how is toxic. It's so dysfunctional. It's so wrong. But because of what we're doing, we justify it. And I just, I refuse to live it. I think do good things, do the right thing, but how you Alice do it huge. is also important. Even yeah. anything, business, relationship. Okay, I got a question. What is your, what is your relationship with alcohol? Mm, yeah, this is a good question. Hey, you're going, these are some serious why questions. Uh-huh, I like this one. Um, I don't allow alcohol to become a big deal either way. Um, it's not the hero in the story and it's not the villain. What I mean by that is like um, growing up, alcohol was the devil. Growing up in a Christian church, right? So alcohol, if you drink alcohol, you're going to hell and all that. Um, I I don't believe that. I did as a young person. And it, it, the truth of it is we didn't actually start drinking until our 30s anyways. And we don't drink a Which lot. Like so for decision. me, alcohol is not a big deal either way. Um, and people are like, you should never okay, ever drink. Okay, but how can it not be a big deal when it is a big deal for most people? Well, that's what I'm like, saying. So, so that doesn't for instance, make sense like, to so me. I'm, I'm, I'm say saying for, for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying alcohol is not a big deal. For some people, it's a totally big deal. They're they're alcoholics. It's ruined so their life. So why isn't it a big deal? I don't, al- I don't allow it to become a big deal. What I'm saying is like, I don't need alcohol to have fun. And I don't, and I don't, I'm not the guy who'll never have a sip of alcohol. Like I would have a drink. I also wouldn't have a drink. It's no big deal. So I purposely, a lot of times, if friends come over and like, dude, what are we drinking? What are we drinking? I purposely, a lot of times, I'll be like, oh, nothing. Oh, I don't have anything. I purposely won't get anything in the house. And like, dude, do you not have any drinks? I'm like, no, well, but let's just have fun. And I kind of make mm-hmm. a point. Like, I don't need alcohol that fun. Alcohol is never going to be the centerpiece of what we're doing. That's so And good. at the same time, if you and I want to have a glass of wine at a romantic dinner, we can. Or if a buddy comes over sitting around the bonfire and he wants to pour a drink, I, I can. But I never let it become like, I need it all the time or I don't need it all the time. And there's been times, and I think we have to be super honest and intentional with it on ourselves. So there's been times where I haven't drank for months and months and months, just reminding myself and convincing myself it's not a big deal. Um, and then there's times where it's, and then I also am like, I, won't, I refuse to do what I did for most of my life, which is make it such a big deal. If you ever have a sip, you've sipped the devil's, you know, chalice right. and you shall burn in the fiery pit of hell. Like, I don't believe or that Or you either. can't have fun unless you have that special drink. I also realize yeah. that I have, a, I have a ton of relationships and friendships throughout my life that alcohol has been a huge problem. You know, mm-hmm. alcoholics and um, I've seen it ruin families. I've seen it, I, I've had, I've had family members, extended family members die from the effects of alcohol. Like drunk driving. I've seen a lot of pain from it. So mm-hmm. I think it's very, very dangerous. I don't think anything should have control over us. You know what I'm saying? So I agree. yeah, for me, it's not the villain. It's not the hero. I just keep it super neutral. Ta- okay. Take it or leave it for me. That's it. Take it or leave it. Now you have a personality. Maybe you can't do that. So maybe you should stay away from it all the time. Totally. And I have friends who certainly would never, and I have friends I will never have a drink around 
because they they've had a, the relationship with alcohol that's been very damaging. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So you just gotta you know put people first. I think. Okay, I have a question. All right. Why why don't you have internet access on your phone? Mm-hmm. Going in deep. We uh-huh. talked about this before. Um, because I, I've been in moments too where you'll tell a, a, a guy friend or dude, oh yeah, I don't have internet on my phone. I can't I can't look at it right because now. Because no one ever breaks addiction by chance. That's really good. You never break an addiction by chance. You have to be super intentional. And we've talked about this before. And um, growing up, middle school, high school, college, even the first year of marriage, I had a huge addiction to pornography. Here's what I know. Um, the dude sitting at the coffee shop, sipping on his coffee, eating his hot, his hot croissant and looking on his phone. And you think he's checking the stock market or reading the news. And he's chilling there. And there's a good chance he is literally trapped in the cave of hardcore pornography because mm-hmm. the phone is a number one, this is fact, it's the number one way to access hardcore pornography. That's it. And you can do it anywhere and nobody knows you're doing it. And it is such, such a trap. Now, some people maybe don't struggle with it like that. I know that I do. So we disabled internet on my phone. Um, that was my choice to do that. And so I don't have to deal with that. And people, here's what here's what people said. like, well, that's impossible. How could you do that? Like there's, um, how how do you work? Well, I have Wi-Fi and if I need it on the internet, I have a computer and that computer I have put on blocks on there and stuff. But you know, like there's ways around it. Is it more difficult? Yes. But I've decided to break the rules of society so that I could break the addiction of my life. And I have, so and good. I have, and I've been free from it. And for you even decades. said, I mean, at the end of the day, if you wanted to see something, you'd figure out how, I mean, like social media alone, you could look at things or oh, yeah. there's so many ways. And I think that's, but I think implementing things like you said limiting the, op- the limiting your opportunities make it so difficult i mean if you're gonna if you're hell bent on being hell bent you're gonna find a way yeah i mean that's just life by the way like yeah i think it goes both ways you can if we find a way to make it work we can find a way to work and find a way to destroy, destroy yourself and hurt yourself you can do it if you're if you're hell bent on it but i've tried my best to um Sorry, your robe is opening. <laughs> it's, wow, we're t- I saw your face change. Incredibly, it's incredibly I have a distracting. Shirt on. Thank you. Well, I didn't know that. It was just, I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, uh, while um, we're talking about the topic. Yeah. So, anyways. Okay, yeah. I, got, I got one more. That right. it's, it's a big Let's deal. Round it out. A big deal to me. Um, why are we so against counseling? Um, the first part of our our marriage, and now I'm not. Oh, you mean why was I? Why Why were you? Yeah, you were. You were. Mm. I, I would say you were pretty adamant about not going. You didn't really like the whole concept, but now that's completely changed. Like you, we go to counseling, you yeah. encourage people, your whole relationship with that idea is different. And wouldn't you say the right counselor makes it all and the would difference? It because, is it because our first time that we had a, a moment of a, like a marriage counseling, it was not a good experience? That was a bad experience. I've, I, I've, I, when I was younger in my 20s, I met with some guys that were counselors. Like I worked with them and then they're like, Billy, come, Billy, come in. One guy was um, South African, had a great accent, but always called me Bildy. He's like, Bildy, sit down, sit down, Bildy. And I remember just feeling like he wanted me to like talk to my inner child. And I just, I guess I probably got jaded early on. I was like, <laughs> weird, dude. And I'm not probably the best in touch with my emotions. And um, I think so you I, are. I am now. Yeah. I think. Well, you're, you're, you're sensitive, but I think you had a hard time being vulnerable with those inner emotions. Don't we all? I, I feel like we all do. Yeah, I think uh, Maybe it's just bit. me. A counselor once asked me, and how does that make you feel? Yeah, yeah. Counselors ask that all the time. Yeah, like, oh, our right. counselor probably asks that, but she never says those words. Right. She says it in a way. Um, 
So I think for me, at first, the right counselor is a big deal. We found a great one. We've talked about her a ton. Her name is Molly, and she is literally the best. Um, I'll say this. I think I realized as I got older, something about being 40. Um, <laughs> I think I realized that receiving help from others isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. I think that's probably mm-hmm. the biggest change for me, the half, the second half of our marriage. Whereas totally. before, you're like, we need counseling. I'm like, no, we don't. We could figure this out. I felt it was like a sign of weakness. And maybe a lot of men feel that way. It's kind of like being like, I can't do it. And, you know, and there's something in but every man. Great well, there certainly wasn't me. as like, I, I'm strong enough to do it. I can fix yeah. this, you know, like... And then I've realized... Or the thought of something must be really wrong with me if I have to go yeah, to counseling. Yeah, it's admitting that if we're going to counseling, it's something's really wrong. It's kind of engraved really in us for some reason as a kid. Right. Whereas I've realized now, the second half of our marriage, is that it's actually a sign of wisdom. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you get Wise help counsel. from other people? And totally. it's admitting that there's someone who probably maybe knows, knows better than you. Or at the very least... Um, and I used to say that, and that was super prideful. But I'm like, dude, if we go into a counselor... By the time it's done, I'll be counseling them. And you used to get mad at me. And then we did it a couple of times and it literally happened, right? They were like, I am so encouraged talking to you. Remember? And you were like, I walked out. I was like, see what happened there? And you're like, okay, babe, I get it. You know? And so, but I think what I realized, it wasn't that they maybe are smarter than me or better than me. It was that they had a better perspective than totally. I did. Totally. Yeah, it just, and that changed everything. You can learn something from, from anybody, anybody, by the way, because of perspective. Right. It doesn't mean they have to be smarter or more experienced. They just see it differently. Like my daughter's 17. And if we were like, take a math test, I'm going to crush her on that. I mean, I think she knows that. Now she's going to crush me probably. I taught her. She's going to crush me on, like if we were like, play name that tune and play songs, she's going to get the artist play and the song first. Song. But I trained her in those skills. And now she, this, the student has beaten the master. But, um, so... I may be smarter, more experienced than Serenity, but Serenity will say things sometimes and her perspective as a 17-year-old female. Right. Growing up in Seattle, like all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, brilliant. Like it just, you can learn. You're like, oh, that's awesome. And it changes the way we think. It does, so. it changes. And then God yeah. God gives gifts and it's so clear and I love it that he gives the gift of wisdom. And and I always say, if you find the right counselor, they give a gift and it's a gift of wisdom. It changes everything. <laughs> you know what's funny while we're talking, I agree. While we're talking, Vic Soundcheck and Lil Ren, they have like, they have like sign language <laughs> conversations going on. It's so distracting to me. This whole podcast, we're talking, you and I are looking at each other in the studio and they are are like signing back and forth and lipping things and talking to the dog. There's like, there's a whole, we should film that. And like what's, what's happening behind the scenes of the podcast. Anyways, we should. We should. Yeah. Well, babe, this is, this is good. Uh-huh. Well, there's some, those are some great questions, babe. Mm-hmm. And then next week I'm going to ask you some oh. serious oh, why questions. Get crazy. questions. You don't even know why what's coming. always wear a robe? It's going to get yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Well, thanks well, for listening to Coffee you. Talk. Yes. Thank you. Listening Happy holidays to, to all. To the coffee chatters. And to all a good night. Cheers, babes. Cheers. Thanks for joining us today on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we'd love to hear from you. You can leave a review, rate us, or follow us on social media at It's Billy Huffman. Here's to more coffee and honest conversations. Cheers. Mm-hmm.